Stacy Gaboni left New Jersey for Venice 15 years ago, and she's made it her home ever since. She and her Italian husband operate a restaurant there. And Stacy joins us now to take your calls at 877-333-7425 to help you get to know Venice as an intimate friend. Stacy, welcome. Buongiorno, Rick. So you're from New Jersey, and you ended up living in Venice, and now you've lived there in your, into your second decade. <laughs> I, I'm in my 15th year this summer, 15th yes. 15th year. How did you manage to become a Venetian? I first went over there as a graduate student with New York University, mm-hmm. had the grand privilege of studying in Peggy Guggenheim's basement. Wow. I don't think they do that anymore, but it was quite a thing in the day. Felt very special going through that private gate under the bacon painting and being under Peggy's bed, you know, to, to do your lectures. Yes, it was quite an experience. And I, I met this man, this, this chef over there. Rather cliche, I guess. There's so many books written about those love stories of the American who heads off to find themselves. I wasn't looking for myself. <laughs> I was looking for my graduate degree in art. <laughs> and and I found him. I found him. And we began business together. We began a catering business together, actually. Okay. Yeah. So you brought a little bit of American business acumen, and he had yeah, sort of exactly. the love of Italian cuisine, and, and it worked. Does he have a restaurant to this day? Yes, he does. Over what's, in Conareggio, we have a restaurant. And what's the name? Bentigodi di Chef Domenico. So your husband is Domenico? Domenico is my husband. And the restaurant is Bentigodi. See. Si. What does Bentigodi mean? Uh, dangerously tasty. Is that a literal translation? That, that's a Staceyism. That's a Staceyism. Okay, so that Bentigodi, I would imagine that's some sort of a Venetian dialect. Yes, it is. For something kind of dicey. Mm, quite dicey. <laughs> so, uh, what, what was it again? Dangerously tasty. The Venetians are famous for their debauchery. We, right. It goes all the way back to ca- uh, Casanova, right? Okay. Exactly. It's so nice to have you join us because uh, you have an American sensibility for what Americans need, and you also are a local, married right. to a local who's lived there for a long time. Mm-hmm. But for 15 years, you've taken American guests around Venice. What do you find is the greatest challenge for Americans coming to get to Venice to really experience the city? I find that the the sheer amount of walking that we do shocks most Americans. Mm -hmm. I compare a lot of things to New York City because I spent a lot of time there in my life. So a lot of Americans will come, and you can always jump in a taxi in New York City. It's not that simple in Venice. Public transport is there, but you can't just wave down that water taxi, let's say, if you're getting tired. a lot of Venetians, they just... Get out and walk. We and walk just, everywhere. I, I walk. Yeah, thirty minute walk is nothing. That's it's, that's it's a no big lifestyle. deal. So we we drive for thirty minutes, and that's considered a short drive. Exactly. And you live in a world without cars, so it's a thirty minute walk. A watery world. You see something different, even though this is my fifteenth year living there. I can't tell you how often I walk down the street and find something new. You know, Stacy, when you do go to Venice as a tourist, the common uh, tip is look above the crowds and you see mm-hmm. little arrows pointing yes. to the nearest landmark and there's no street names that, that we know. No. So you navigate by landmarks and arrows above everything that point to the landmarks. Mm-hmm. My hunch is those arrows are not always the most direct way, but they're the most convenient way to move the crowds, all the tour groups and so on. What is a little bit of backstory about how you, you might... Look at those arrows, but not let them be the, the gospel truth for you. Mm, They're like yellow or brown signs that head you towards the bridges. So basically, I used to tell my guests, if you pull out your map over coffee in the morning at the house and sort of decide, well, today I'm going to do Dorsodoro, so I'm headed towards the Academia Bridge. Don't waste your time looking at all the names of the streets and the cales and the campos because it's irrelevant to where you're actually trying to go. And most likely your map does not say the same thing as it does on the side of that building over there on the <laughs> left. Right, right. So follow those signs for the academia because you know you're headed towards Dorsodoro and that's the main bridge that crosses the Grand Canal in that okay. sestiere. 
So that's true, because when I think about it, the science would say Rialto, which si. is another bridge, yeah. and Academia. Academia, or and San so, Marco, or so, Piazzale Roma. So main floating bus stops, exactly. and main squares, big churches, and so on. But my hunch is when you're going and want to get somewhere in a hurry, you wouldn't follow where those arrows send you all the way because there are Sometimes back lanes. Sometimes you have to, but I've, I've learned quite a few little back lanes. And the point is that you have to remember La Serenissima, Venezia, is a, an island. You're on an island. The worst case scenario is you're going to run into some water. Backtrack. Backtrack. Sit or, down, have a coffee. And... You know, a tip I like, Stacey, is every hotel, every restaurant has the challenge of letting people know where they are. Yes. Because how, it's business not a grid card. plan. So you drop in any place, a bar or restaurant. They love to give out their business cards. They're, Wonderful they're advice. Cute little cards. And on the back, invariably, you've got a map with a big old, you are here. Mm-hmm. So then you know where you are. And, of course, they're trying to get people there. And conversely, you can get out of there by looking at where are the landmarks that are on that card. Exactly. And knowing which side of the Grand Canal you are living on. Where is your hotel? North, south, which side of the Grand Canal? you've lived there for 15 years. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine, especially during the season in the middle of the day, and especially on weekends, it just kind of gets annoying when so many foreigners and groups just inundate your beautiful, fragile, floating wonderland. What is your parallel Venice? Is there a parallel Venice for you? How do you find the village Venice of the 50 or 60 or 70,000 people who actually live there? I think it was about six years. For some reason, life never made me cross San Marco, for example. I just didn't have to cross San Marco for any reason. It's the most beautiful piazza, most likely, in the world, if I may be Italian about it, in the world. And I just had no reason to go there, so I was able to get around to other places. So those back streets, in Castello particularly for me, back behind uh, the arsenal okay, so and the gardens. It's another world. It you, is another world. It, and it's not like you don't have to drive somewhere, catch a no. train. It's a 15 minute you walk. You just or get one lost. Little get lost. That's Embrace the best, it. The best two words in Venice mm. get lost. Mm. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Stacey Gaboni about Venice. She's lived there for 15 years. She married Chef Domenico, and now together they run a restaurant called Bentigodi. And our phone number is 877 333 7425. And Sherry's calling from Sun City West in Arizona. Sherry, thanks for your call. Thanks. My husband and I were thinking of traveling to Venice, but we watched a lot of films, and it looked like it was decaying, and people have told us it's dirty, so we were wondering how long we should stay, what would be appropriate. Mm. Decadent decay? You know, Sherry, that's why I go there. It's decaying, and it's not as sterile as... Uh, I mean, you can go to uh, Copenhagen, and, and or you can go to Switzerland and find everything just perfectly sterile. But people go to Venice, they fall in love with it. It's something like... It's magic. It's, it's magic. magic. It is just magic. And dirty, dirty means a patina of life. You've got centuries of happiness ground into the walls. True. Uh, I've never... People talk about the smell of Venice. I've never smelled it in 15 years. I think maybe that's not true. December 1st, 2008, the waters were the highest they've ever been in my time there. And the few days after that, we just we had a long, long cleanup. So yes. But other than that... Were you there on any of these notorious rock concerts that turned the city upside down? Yeah, one. I couldn't even get into my home. Did it leave the city just ransacked? It, it, was, it took because days for us to catch up on the garbage, let's just say. There's, uh, <laughs> there's famous posters in bars I've seen in Venice of, what was it, a Pink Floyd concert? A Pink Floyd was, it was before my time, but it was major. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Sherry, I would say avoid the city if there's a huge rock concert. <laughs> and they probably learned their lesson. That doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't happen too often anymore. But Sherry, uh, would you venture going to Venice, do you think? 
Oh, I'd, I'd love to. And I'm glad you answered uh, about the 2008, because mm. it does clarify maybe that's when people went. You know, Sherry, there's, I don't even think it was 2008. A lot of people who just don't know what's going on, they say Venice is stinky and Venice is dirty. I have been with people who I walk them through the back lanes, and I when I get them onto that St. Mark's Square, they burst into tears. They're so overwhelmed by the beauty. It's amazing. I have had people just fall in love with that city, and I've been taking people there for 30 years. I've never had anybody that gets there and goes, right. oh, this place stinks. <laughs> you know, it's, just don't, don't go there like a dog looking for some no. smell. I mean, have you ever gone fishing? You know, we do, we're a tidal city, so if it's really, really low tide in some areas, maybe you would have we, a and, low tide odor, but that's all. I, okay, full, full disclosure, Sherry, there are a lot of rats in Venice, and they're really True. big. Right. They're big, yes. And I actually had one come up on my, my um, balcony windows, and I had the cat looking out at the rat. I didn't even realize what was going on. It was a high water. <laughs> Aqua Alta was coming, and this rat somehow made it up to my— Oh, that's it. Does the high water drive the rats it out? It drives them up. So, so the, if there's a high water, yeah. the rats, their homes get flooded. Yeah, so here's this little rat making a bed in my in my, my nut tree, and the cat <laughs> is just trying to play with it from the other. It was amazing. So there you go, Sherry. When you do get a high They tide, don't bother us. It's just all the friendly <laughs> Venetian rats are out. Hey, I want to hear from you after your trip to Venice, Sherry, okay? Will do. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay, take care. Bye. <laughs> Our email is radio at ricksteves.com, and Jean in Punta Gorda, Florida, emails us. And Jean writes, uh, considering crowds and weather, when's the best time of year to visit Venice? Yeah, what's the deal with that, Stacey? Yeah, the that's a good question. I think uh, nowadays we can't answer questions about weather, can we? The climate seems Pretty to be... unpredictable. Very you, unpredictable. You can, get, you can get cold snaps in Venice where it is bitter. Yes. And you can get brutal heat waves in Italy in the summer. We have high humidity nearly year-round. Mm. We are below sea level. Keep those things in mind. I don't know when to tell you the best time to come is because it depends on your interest level. If you're planning on going to all the museums, that kind of holiday, then you might want to come in the dead of winter when no one is there. You'll have no lines. You have the entire Palazzo Ducale to yourself. That's a thrill. I've been there many times in the dead of winter. I love that. I can remember wearing my, almost like wearing my ski clothes. It's so cold. And I remember going to the top of the Campanile, the bell tower on San Marco Square, and it was so crisp. The air was so clean. I could look out and see the, see the Alps. I could mm-hmm. see the snow-capped mm-hmm. Alps from It's gorgeous. Oh. My favorite walk, personally, from my house to the other side of town, let's say from Canareggio near the train station, is to cut down that Fondamenta Nuova there and see just a little treat mm. every time. Turn the mm. corner and wow, it's just, where did those mountains come from? So it's hot and crowded in the summer. Absolutely. And there is air conditioning. I think any hotel these Almost days everybody air has air conditioning nowadays. Yeah. They've yeah. realized that's... And the museums are air conditioned. The churches are not, but they're built in these wonderful, big, shady, stony environments. Yeah, the churches are always a pleasant place to sneak in and take a rest, too. If you really are there in the dead of summer and you're roasting hot, take a moment to reflect upon some of that artwork in situ. Oh, in situ. Mm. What does in situ mean? It means the painting was designed for that location, and that's where it lives. So instead of seeing it on the white wall in a museum, you see it where it was meant to be. You know, I'm a big fan of enjoying art in situ, Mm. and nowhere in Europe do you see art in situ as brilliantly. It's true. Okay, there's a handful of places you can... in Rome or something, you can see a lot of art in situ. But in Venice, you can see art in situ, and you see the glory of the Venetian Renaissance. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Stacey Gaboni about Venice. My adopted hometown, La Serenissima. This is Travel with Rick Steves, and we're talking about Venice with Stacey Gaboni. And Stacey has been a Venetian now for, I think, going on 15 years because she was one of those tourists that went to Venice, or student that went to student, Venice. Student, yeah. And fell in love with the culture in the form 
of a young man. And 15 years later, they're Honestly, running over Honestly, I fell restaurant. in love with the water first, I have to admit. Is that right? The <laughs> yeah. water first. That, that train ride over the Ponte de Libertad oh. there is just really had a sense of coming home. You know, that's the causeway that connects mm-hmm. Venice with the mainland. Yes. And I think Venice was really a detached island until what, the, what, the 1800s. Absolutely. They finally built this causeway. It's like a four or six lane highway mm-hmm. and then lots of trains and there's a big train station on the island and a huge car park on the island. Mussolini For, attached the mainland by the train. Grazie right? Benito. It's he, not very he, often you can say Grazie Benito. Transportation, we can say, and almost all over the peninsula there. Thank you to Mussolini for the connecting. I've come across that causeway countless times over the last 30 years, and I just, I'm just like a little kid looking out the window. I, got to, I, want, I want there, I want to go there. Look, at, there's all the bell towers. Let it's, me go. It's an amazing... And yeah. I cannot believe some travelers who are coming in for the first time and they're not even looking out the window. Oh, and they've got know. their nose in their <laughs> iPad. Please yes. don't be that tourist. I was Please just in Venice with our TV crew. We were trying to get people romantic on the gondolas, and they're... <laughs> Yeah, they're paying the big bucks to go in a gondola, and they're looking in their screens. Oh. They're putting it up on Facebook, or they're or checking their San email. San Valentino dinner, you know, I think I'm going to put up a sign that says, no <laughs> cell phones or technology allowed. When you're in Venice, you mentioned at the end of the last segment, La Serenissima. La Serenissima. What, See, what does that mean? Um, well, the island is a, is a woman. She's been identified in the female form, and... She's a serene island. Serenissima translates fairly straightforward. Serene, and the Isima serenity. And is like... Extra. 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 Isima. In fact, I love the whole Italian culture and the Venetian culture in particular because mm-hmm. a lot of people call it issimo. Issimo. I mean, everything everything is, is extra. Yeah. Everything's over the top. We have a lot of massimos in, in Venice, too, in terms of names. You know, the Italians tend to name their children in a regional way, and I notice there's a, a lot of massimo. <laughs> massimo. Is that... What does massimo mean? Just uh, like super great. The, the super great. The maximum. <laughs> maximum as it could be. And then when, when people are courting and, and flirting, there's yeah. a lot of this yes. um, over-the-top romantic yeah. talk. Carissima. Issima. Mm. Was your Domenico Issimo? No, I, I don't allow him to call me Cara. That's what he can call his, <laughs> his, his, his friends so who not, come in. Let's be straight. I'm, I'm beyond from, Cara. I'm from, I'm from New Jersey. I may look like a Venetian now, but I'm, I'm from New Jersey. They, they, okay. often, they often say I'm a little bit hot-headed. Oh, like, the, well, like a Southern Italian, maybe I'm a, more like a Sicilian woman, which I don't know how because, honest <laughs> to God, I don't have a drop of Italian blood in me. What an amazing <laughs> story you must have had, falling in love with a Venetian and then running a, a Southern Italian there. now. Southern Italian. Oh, he's a Southern Italian. Yes, he, excuse me. He's from Basilicata. Oh, that's oh, down, in the, would, down in the boot. Or the, that or is the, in the, the in tip the, of the toe It's, of the it's in the, right on the sole there. Yeah. All right. right in the center. It's beautiful. I want to just go for a walk, Stacey, with mm-hmm. you. And yes. you've been taking people walking through Venice Absolutely. for years now. And let's start at the city's front door. You're there in front of the Doge's Palace. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, you see those two columns, and it sort of takes you back to the, the powerhouse Venice. Absolutely. I mean, we're at the Bacino, where the Le Grand Canal and the Lagoon meet, and then it goes Bacino, out to the Adriatic. That, that must mean basin. The basin, yes. Yeah, I don't even speak Italian, but you can, once you get, you're faking it, it down pretty well. Bacino, uh, basin, basin. And also think about bacio il bacio. You know, un bacio is a kiss, and mm-hmm. so it's where the, the Grand Canal and the Lagoon kiss one another oh, in a way, sort of, and head delightful. out to the Adriatic. So, that's how I remember it anyway. This is from where the world came to Venice. There, you've got these two towers. On the top of one is St. Theodore, yes. and the other one is Saint Mark. Yes, and and Saint Theodore is sitting on a, an alligator or a dragon. Kind of a, a dragon, yeah. Yeah, he's. So he was that was the patron saint of Venice before until they got he the was bones usurped of Saint Mark. by San Marco. Yeah. I mean, if you're, Saint since you're Saint Theodore, you're you're pretty good, but you can't compete with the relics of Saint Mark. He seems to not be as. And Ve- Venice is kind of a massimo town, right? So Absolutely. They wanted massimo we were... relics, and the bones of Saint Mark reveals they sent out a crew and they they kidnapped the bones of Saint Mark from I think Egypt. Was it Constantinople or where? I'm not Somewhere really in sure. The, in, in the yeah. Middle East, and they, yeah. and they planted it under 
the, the high altar, suddenly St. Theodore and the Dragon are out and St. Mark and the Winged Lion are in and Venice is on the pilgrimage map. So We have lions this, all over the city. When yeah. you see a lion, in fact, Venice's yep. empire spread all the way to the Holy Land. And Absolutely. you see lions with wings. That would be, ah, uh, must have mm-hmm. been part of the Venetian mm-hmm. trading empire. But when you stand there in front of the Doge's Palace, underneath the, the bell tower, and what did Napoleon call it? The greatest writing? It's the greatest living room or, or the, the, the sort of theatrical state. I think, I think he called it yeah, the something. drawing room, I think is what Napoleon said. And then you said. see this amazing church, St. Mark's Basilica. Talk about the, the importance of Venice, you know, a thousand years ago. What would people think when they came there a thousand oh, years ago? Oh, can you ago? imagine coming in by boat from the east and, and the first time coming to the west there and and seeing something as gold and glittery as our oh. San Marco, I, I don't know. It's, it still overwhelms me when I go there. It does. It is just absolutely stunning. And from a real politic point of view, you've got, it's almost Showed like they, the used power. To, they used to hang scalps on stockades in the Wild West when they had conquered different uh, tribes. Here, they would take the finest art and statues and, and so on from different... Look what uh, we have. And they'd just shoehorn it into the wall. So this church is sort of like... It's covered. It's, it's covered everywhere. It's ransacked. Absolutely. That's the architectural style I call Absolutely. it. And, and it just lets you know, wow, this we are on the winning team And let's team not forget here. about those thieves being hung up between those two gorgeous columns. I mean, that was... Oh, that's if, if you true. were, Yeah. So there was... It was La Serenissima, unless you weren't playing by the rules. <laughs> and then it was Le Hellhole. And who knows what the <laughs> rules might have been, because I think that has carried on to contemporary this is, times. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Stacey Gaboni about her adopted hometown of Venice. When you stand on the main square right in mm. front, you see three flagpoles. Mm-hmm. And on the three flagpoles, you've got three flags. And you can catch the officers putting them up in the morning if you're out there early enough, which is a lovely thing to see. I love being on St. Mark's early when people mm-hmm. are going to work, when the tourists aren't there yet, the pigeons are out enjoying no. a nice breakfast. The trash men are out there cleaning oh, up the little things, the and then works. out come the officers, and they put up the flag. And on those three flagpoles, you've got, I believe you've got the European flag, the Italian flag. Absolutely. But you also have the flag La of... La Serenissima. Uh, uh, is it the Venice flag? It's or the, the flag Venice of... flag. It's the Venetian flag, and it's mm-hmm. uh, sort of an, a reddish-orange burnt color with a rather... Greek, I would say, almost ornate design that yeah. goes around the edge. And then there's it, our it, winged lion. It feels uh, Byzantine almost, and that was sort it of does. The, the flavor of the early Venetian Empire. Now, from here, most travelers would follow the crowd down the, what's the mercerie, the, the shopping the street? The merceria. Merceria, yeah. and that is the that's Unless the you're planning on going to Ferragamo for it, your... Yeah, it is just the tourist trap street there. And I mean, it's fun, and I, I like it. Do I dare get... say you can get those lovely Ferragamo shoes probably at your local Goodwill for a much better price because someone never really wore them? You do dare say. <laughs> you that's see... good. And you, you find a, a lot of people from immigrant laborers from Africa selling knockoffs all over the place. But the bag thing, I, I would say that I can honestly say in the past two years, there's a big difference with the bag sellers. Yes, we have the bag mm. sellers from Africa. Don't be scared of the bag sellers from no, Africa. But they're hardworking they're guys. They're hardworking guys. They have families. Well, you should Most be of them of are us. legal residents of Italy, well, most of them. But when they're selling stuff on the street, technically it's they're, illegal. It's, it is illegal, and they, they shouldn't be doing it. But you, the tourist uh, who dare consider buying one of those knockoff bags, is more likely to be fined not then, arrested, then the salesman, then the, then the salesman yes. So it is illegal for a tourist Absolutely. to buy the bag, and that's a good way for them to try to assert that mm-hmm. rule. And it's also a good way for the Italians to get a little extra yeah. money so in the like coffers. A, 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 sort of a little touristic speed trap. Yeah. But let's not go down that touristic no. trail. Let's catch the traghetto, which Please. is the little gondola that ferries it, people across it, the canal. The traghetto no is a slightly larger scale boat. You know, we have a lot of different types of boats, rowing boats in mm-hmm. Venice. I don't know the names of all of them, but there is this fantastic group of women that do this rowing Venice thing. Now you can actually sign up for a class and they tell you the history of all the different rowboats. Yeah. And it's all part of that 
anti-motorboat thing. There's a right. No Grande Navi. We have a lot of grassroots uh, activists in the very well, we're a minority, the local true Venetians, but the ones that have lived there for you know families, generations of families. There's some really committed brilliant. to what's going on with the community. Yeah. The Trigetto is just slightly larger than a gondola. It looks like a gondola. It's black. It's rowed by the gondoliers, and it takes you from one side of the Grand Canal to the other. And once upon a time, that was your main public transportation way before the Vaporetto was and instituted. And people are standing at like George Washington crossing up, exactly. the Delaware. That's a wonderful, that's exactly that. what it's like standing up. And it did take me quite a few years to feel comfortable standing up. Right. The trick is to bend your knees slightly. Okay. Don't I, be scared. Yeah. Or brace them against one of the yeah. chairs or something Just like that. Just that sort of But move. I love, because I'm with the locals. People have their They're shopping so, bags. Oh. The tourists don't know about these things. For years, I would take, with our groups in Venice, we had a tradition of taking the laundry of our groups to the laundromat so they could continue sightseeing. Yeah, yeah. And I had, you know, 20 people's laundry and two big black garbage On the trigetto. And I would take it on the trigetto, and I felt so smart because it was heavy to carry that laundry yeah. to the laundromat, and I knew the trick. Get on, Get on the on little the trigetto. trigetto. It cost me a couple bucks. So if we've taken the trigetto from the San Marco area across over to the Salute Church first, can we go inside the Salute Church? Sure. That is my very favorite church. Pop me in. Why is it so good? <gasps> oh, well, it's number one. Those of you who watch a lot of films in Italy, Snakes in the Italian Job has a great view. Have, have, you, have you seen the Italian Job? No. Anyway, it came out a few years ago. It was an action movie, but there uh-huh. is a gorgeous shot of the Salute Church sort of uh-huh. turns then into the, the Alps, so you would love it. Oh. Anyway, the Salute Church is this gorgeous building that is probably on every coffee table book that's ever been written or printed and photographed of, of Venice. And you walk in in the pavement, the Pavimento de Venezia. It's just so stunning. It's round. It's a round space. And we have this gorgeous black Madonna iconic painting over the and altar. this was all a big uh, thank you for, the, it was for sparing a, yeah, us for, from the plague. From the Black Plague. Okay, and it's, this is sort of an over-the-top Baroque building. It Absolutely. looks like a bunch it's, of Baroque ice cream curl, scoops. Exactly, ice cream scoops is a good <laughs> description. And from there, I would definitely go beyond. Instead of taking the main route, let's say, if you're facing the Salute Church with the Grand Canal at your back, instead of taking that first bridge right off onto your right, walk a little bit past the Salute Church and hang a right, and then you're going to see the Judeca Canal just mm-hmm. ahead of you a little bit. And that's called the Zatere. The sun always seems to shine along the Zatere. And when I'm on the Zatere, I feel like the tourists didn't quite go there. It's an extra 10-minute walk. It is. They, there's nothing famous out there, but there's great pizzerias. There's sort of impromptu music on the pier. It's a great promenade spot. And it's you just there beautiful. with a sunset with it, your The sunset partner. is stunning. No, Z-A-T-T-E-R-E. E-R-E, Zatere. Mm-hmm. So that is a, a place where you just feel the, the ambience of the local community. You see a lot of families, kids, kids on little bicycles you know, sometimes. I'm just dying to talk about all the sites because we passed the Guggenheim Gallery and the mm-hmm. Academia Gallery and the Ferrari Church with all of the masters of the Venetian Renaissance with their masterpieces hanging where they designed them to be. But I'd rather go to our callers now and and, oh, uh, yes. and hear some people who are, are listening. Bob our phone number is 877-333-7425. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Stacy Gaboni about Venice, her adopted hometown. And Ken's calling from Chicago. Hi, Ken. Thanks for your call. You're quite welcome, Rick. You sort of touched on my question uh, <laughs> with your conversation. I was wondering what the hidden treasures of Venice are that most tourists don't know about, but we really should see. Oh, there's lots of them. But, uh, Stacy, what are a couple of treasures that Ken might want to put on his list that people miss? I'm not much for rules, Ken, but I'm going to give you one. Get okay. lost. Get lost. Okay. That is the thing, because you're going to find your own wow moment. You're going to find that wow moment by just 
stumbling through those kales and finding little things. You know, I would also say get lost with a little background. Do some yes, reading. Of course, Read the of introduction course, to your Italy, your Venice guidebooks, mm-hmm. because then you'll know every square is a cistern, mm-hmm. and you can understand how they collected water. And then you'll know that every community had its palazzo and its church. And, and you'll know there are merchant communities from all over the Western world there. And you can find the, uh, what was it, the Dalmatian school. Yes. And, uh, you know, the German place. and The, the Jewish uh, ghetto. The Jewish ghetto. And every little corner of Venice has this history. And when you get lost, you're just, just open embrace for, that. You're embrace You're just open that. for those discoveries. That's where you're going to find those little treasures, I think, more likely. We just mentioned all these Sestiere, but the island itself, if you look at a map, it's like this fish. And the island is divided into these sestiere. Each one has its own special little treasure. So these are neighborhoods. And neighborhoods. The sestiere so is a neighborhood. And when you look at this fish, it's like the causeway feeds it. It goes yes. right to the mouth. Yes. And then it's like the Grand Canal is the grand intestine. Exactly. And it's sort of, I don't want to get too you know biological here, but it <laughs> dumps out at the political headquarters the Doge's Palace, Mm -hmm. and then given the fact that the town is shaped like a fish, the tail of the fish, Mm -hmm. that's where the arsenal was, Mm -hmm. where they had the biggest military uh, uh, complex in Europe in the day. There's still officers there, and it's an active uh, home for the naval officers. And you can wander around there and find real neighborhoods. So, Ken, there's plenty to explore. Oh, boy, you paint a great picture. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, we look forward to having you there. Thanks, Ken. Bye now. Take care. Bye. And Debbie's calling in from Lafayette in Louisiana. Hi, Debbie. Thanks for your call. Hi, Rick. Uh, I had read, I don't know if it was your book or a different guidebook, that inside the Basilica, the lights are turned on for one hour a day. Mm-hmm. And yes. we made a point to be there at 1130 that year. The lights were turned on. And to see the church go from dimly lit <laughs> to brilliantly lit was... Una an bella cosa. <laughs> it was oh. a religious experience. <laughs> We're not Roman Catholic, but to see everything, including the skin on our arms, reflect gold was just incredible. Isn't that something? You know, and that was just a good example, Debbie, of being a good traveler. You read your guidebook, and you know that if you were in one of the greatest churches in Christendom, if you were there during one hour a day, the people that run that church decided to turn on the lights. Mm-hmm. And then you have yeah, those mosaics that were put up there a thousand years ago, reflecting on your arms that were already covered with goosebumps. Exactly. The chunks of marble are certainly exquisitely beautiful, but it's the nuggets of gold that really reflect. <laughs> and to... you can't truly appreciate that without all those lights mm-hmm. being turned on. Well, it's fun to think that a lot of you know people who go to church in America would worship as Protestants, and they have these uh, pretty simple churches, and then you go over there, and you just it's like jumping into a... Wonderland of of worship tools. Well, you often say, put aside your Protestant stoicism and enjoy being a Catholic for a while. And (laughs) it's so true. You read my book. (laughs) (laughs) I I remember for 10 years I went into St. Peter's as a good sword carrying Lutheran and just (laughs) pissed off with all this ornate wealth. No, it's not worth it. It is not worth it. Just go with the flow. With the expression as they do in Rome, it's as they do in Venice as well. One other little point, if I could make, for those who are going to be listening in, is at least once in your life, take the boat to the airport. The ride across the lagoon 
as if you are a Hmm. truly wealthy person in your own private boat is just wonderful on a gloriously sunlit morning. Now, that is great. You take a taxi, one of the taxi shuttles out to the airport. Yeah, I have to admit that I've spoiled myself over the years, and I kind of only go to the airport that way. It is just a beautiful way to leave the city. It doesn't even matter what time of day it is. To look back at Venice as it recedes in the distance is Mm. just Mm -hmm. really very special. And conversely, when you arrive, you can fly into Venice, and I think it's a great place to fly into. You could catch that same taxi. You can, and, and, and especially, service. you know, if you if you want to make it a special event, you know, extra little romance, let's say, mm-hmm. if a couple's coming in. But if there's a group of four of you, it's actually more cost-effective in yeah. the end to take the private water taxi. For sure. It'll drop you off <laughs> close to where you're going to be, your hotel. Right. Hey, Debbie yeah, from I'm Lafayette glad. in Louisiana, thanks so much for your call and, and your, your beautiful welcome. insights. Thank you. Enjoyed okay. it. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been talking with Stacy Gaboni about La Serenissima, the most amazing city in so many ways in Europe. And Stacy, she's unique. She sure <laughs> is, and you would know because you've lived there for fifteen years now. I look forward to seeing you and Chef Domenico next time I'm in town. And thank you for helping us better understand Venezia. Grazie, Rick. Ti spettiamo. Rick Steves has spent a third of his adult life in Europe researching and writing guidebooks. Rick Steves Italy is America's top-selling Italian guidebook. At Rick Steves' online travel store, you'll also find guides for Rome, Venice, Florence, and Tuscany, and Rick's Italian phrasebook. To learn more about Rick's guidebooks for Italy and beyond, visit the travel store at ricksteves.com.